Um, but it's just that's I would say that's when I became really competitive, like, or at least I probably have always been competitive, but that's when it like really came out. Like I felt like a monster, but in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And so I mean that's that's great, you know, to like know that you're a person that is like not like other people. And then to have a healthy outlet for some of that, you know, some of that rage that I think might not ever go away. You know, you have to learn how to cope with the things that you go through. And then you have to learn how to make choices in spite of the things that you've gone through. You are listening to the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast with your host, Eric Logan. No Gimmicks Just Sweat is dedicated to hearing the journeys and unique stories behind an athlete's training and what drives them. Get inspired to own your life and make the impossible possible. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, please take a few seconds to rate the show and drop me a review. Now, let's get started with the show. Hello and welcome to this episode of No Gimmicks, Just Sweat. And today we have Mandy Camera here today. Mandy, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's, good. you know, it's Saturday. It's kind of muggy, but I mean, I finished my run. It's good. It's a good day. Any day you finish your runs is a good day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any day that like I don't break a leg halfway out. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So, as with every show, we kind of start off with some little icebreaker questions so that the listeners can kind of get an idea of who you are. And, mm-hmm. you know, you and I followed each other for a while. So, I always learn something new, you know, during this time as well. So, yeah. So, are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. All right. Morning runs or evening runs? Morning. Absolutely morning. All right. Solo runs or group runs? Solo. Run on a treadmill or run outside? Outside. (laughs) (laughs) Coffee or tea? Coffee. Cardio training or strength training? Both. Both. (laughs) Definitely both. Both? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Favorite piece of gym equipment? The bar. Just the the bar, the 55-pound bar. Yeah, and then some plates, like really good, solid, like 45-pound plates. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what's your favorite race distance to run? Oh, gosh. Man, that's a hard question. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I mean, I've I've run so many distances up to 100 miles, so – my favorite distance. Well, you're asking me this after a long run. So <laughs> 60 meters. No, uh, my favorite, like to race or to run? To race, to race. To race. I Five really K, enjoyed. K. Go ahead. You know, 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, ultra. I really like to race the ultra. Okay. Like just anything over. 26.2 like so it would be like a 50k 50 miles I really like that um I did well with 100 miles but I also really really enjoyed um the 10k that I did last year I really had a lot of fun with that so okay. we'll, we'll see what this year brings <laughs> all right first thing you do after a race soak my legs <laughs> 
really like the first thing I will do I don't well after a race is kind of different like I like to watch the other racers finish but mm -hmm. then um okay in a race setting the first thing that I do is look for beer tents <laughs> yeah I'm not kidding I'm like where Where's is beer? yeah where's the alcohol because <laughs> you know you're tired and you you have like the runners high and you're willing to spend all your money because you feel so good, you know. <laughs> so right. I will look for beer and alcohol first okay. thing, but then I'll go home and soak my legs. Okay. <laughs> What's your dream race to run in? Oh, God, that's a tough one. Um, the Olympics. <laughs> the yep. Olympics. I don't know. I mean, if I don't know what distance I would want to run. I guess it would depend on how old I am and what fitness I have. But yeah, I mean, my dream would be the Olympics for sure. Okay. All right. If you can go on a run or even just have a training session with any celebrity or athlete, dead or alive, who would it be? Uh, Steve Prefontaine. Okay. Okay. All right. Last one. Dream location anywhere in the world you would love to go for a run. Not necessarily a race, but just to go run. That's also a really tough question. Um, probably uh, Portugal. Oh, okay. I, I would really love to run there. Like, but not there's a place there actually. I just read about where people are going for a run and then like they just vanish. So not that area. Okay. <laughs> but somewhere else in Portugal. Okay. A, a safe location in Portugal. Yes, a safe location. <laughs> All right, so, Mandy, what we want to kind of hear now is what's your story? How did you become the runner that you are now? And I always kind of, you know, word it in a way to kind of say, think of it as, you know, your origin story. You are a superhero. Um, you're on the Marvel Universe. You know, you're, you know, this is your movie. You know, how do we, you know, how do you tell your story of how you got your powers? How did I get here? You know, I think about that a lot, actually. How did I get here? Um, well, it started out really terrible, actually. I mean, I was born, you know, to a mother that loved me. Um, she had six kids, two sets of twins, and then the two oldest are a year apart. So she really, <laughs> man, she had her hands full. <laughs> but um you know, I mean, she had her own things that she went through in her life. And, at, you know, when she was young, they didn't have as many resources and diagnoses and, you know, things that you could kind of do for yourself to heal. And then she she spent a lot of time in survival mode, too. Right. And so when you're in survival mode, your brain doesn't function right because, you know, it's fight or flight all the time. And so the only way that you can live and survive that is to think about like the next thing that you have to do just to survive. Um, and it changes your DNA. So, I mean, you're like your um, cognitive functioning shuts down. Um, and so, you know, I mean, there, there were many years where she kind of raised us in that, in that mode. And it, it's not like everything was really bad all the time. Like I have a, a lot of, phenomenal memories with my mother but um, there was a lot of trauma 
growing up and it started, I mean, I don't think that there was ever a definitive starting point. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that it was the day that I was born. I just know that, you know, my first memory, I, I think I was two and it was, it was real bad. Um, her, I mean, her husband at the time had set the house on fire. And so, I mean, I remember that, you know, like that's my first memory of life beginning. Um, but it seemed like all the time, the level of trauma, I mean, it was like a gradient, you know, that just increased and increased and increased. Like there was always new trauma growing up. And so that really manifested in my life, you know, even as a teenager, I was a pretty rough kid. And I mean, I, I've, I talk about this a lot. I've been in therapy for a very long time, like over 10 years. Um, so I feel like some of the things that happened, you know, whether I chose or didn't choose in, in my younger years, like when I was a kid were manifestations of trauma that I had repressed and wasn't really capable. Like I didn't have the tools emotionally or mentally to even understand that I wasn't just a bad kid. I was just very traumatized. You know what I mean? Right. So that was kind of the start. Um, and again, I have to say, like, I have a lot of really good memories as a child, but this is also true. You know what I mean? Like, right. you can have some really good memories and still be an incredibly traumatized person. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this, the two things can be true at the same time. They're congruent. Um, and so you know, that really affected me as an adult and it affected a lot of choices that I made, Um, you know, insofar as like getting into drugs and being just like a pretty bad off drug addict for a while. And then, um, you know, I hit bottom and my bottom was very, very, very low. Um, And the light bulb clicked in my head that I didn't want to die on a bathroom floor with a needle in my arm, you know, so I, uh, I made the decision to get clean. Um, I didn't, I mean, and I have to, I feel like I really have to clarify this is over 10 years ago. This is not like, you know, I'm not like a high risk individual at this point. Um, but I also think it's important to say what's true, you know, cause the story's yeah. not, it's not valid if you're lying or omitting things. It's like, it, it has no impact if you don't tell the truth. So, um, yeah. So I made the decision to get clean and I didn't like, I didn't really go to like NA. I think I went to two meetings and I just thought this is not for me. I always felt like I was older than everybody in the room. I think because I had already been through so much in my life, you know, and I felt like, these people are not going to understand me, <laughs> you know, like they haven't seen what I've seen, you know, cause for me, like by the time I went to one NA meeting, you know, I was in my twenties already. And so, you know, let's say if my first memory is of the house being on fire when I was two, like this is a long time of a lot of really bad things happening and a really terrible traumatic marriage. And so, um, and of course that ended, but um, so I went to a meeting and decided that that wasn't for me. 
And then I went to an outpatient place and they said that they couldn't help me because I wasn't like worse off. But I felt like I was pretty bad off. You know what I mean? So, that, I mean, that's just, you know, a comment on the problem with the system. Um, and then I started going to therapy and really started working through some things. But I was clean for a while before I started therapy. So, I mean, my recovery journey has kind of been solo. You know, like I didn't really, I didn't really reach out to a lot of people. Like I just, I remember the begin, like day one, I just kind of laid on my bedroom floor and then I would take like a sleeping pill, like every, whatever the measurement is, how often you can take them. And I thought, I'll just sleep through it. Um, but that was a terrible plan because eventually like you can't just sleep through your whole recovery, you know, like you're right. going to have to face the world. Um, and then uh, at the time I didn't have a job, but then I got a job and th- it was at this hotel and I was like doing some housekeeping. And then they had another position where I could do um, bartending. And so I did that also. And then they had another position where I could wait tables in the little restaurant. And so I did that. And then around the same time, I got a fourth position, you know, so I'm like, I'm working my ass off. Um, Cause I like, I couldn't even keep the lights on in my house. Um, so then I got another position as a leasing agent part-time and things kind of went up from there, you know, like just one decision after the next, like I, I, I got a bicycle so I could get to my jobs you know, and then I had enough money to get a car for $750. And then, you know, I was able to kind of move up in, in jobs and learn a lot and go back to school. And so, I mean, that's kind of the beginning. And then I think I had been clean, like maybe a couple years, three or four years, maybe. Um, when at my daughter's school they were doing this like girls on the run thing and I was really like I've always really been into my kids having something to do or having an outlet or something that they're passionate about it doesn't have to be sports but they had this little girls on the run thing and I was like you know I think this might be really good for us because it would teach her you know like the quality of starting something and not quitting like she'll learn some perseverance and work ethic at a very young age and you know I'll just run it with her and it'll be a great bonding experience which we we really needed that at the time because we had you know my family had been through a lot um so she (laughs) I can't believe I made her do this when she was so little at the time it seemed perfectly normal you know because like y'all everybody starts their kids in sports when they're like two right And so I felt like at her age, it would be fine. But she had to train three days a week after school to run (laughs) 3.2, you know, and she's like this little bitty thing on these tiny little legs. And she, I did not let her miss a single training, no matter how much she complained and whined. Um, Because every time, like, she hated going. But when I picked her up from training, she was in a great mood and happy. So I don't know, you know, I just felt like she's, she's not having that bad of a time. And so at the time I was, um, like after work, I would go run on a treadmill for like 20 minutes, but I couldn't run 20 minutes without stopping. So I was like, well, we'll just see what happens in the race, <laughs> you know, cause I didn't know anything. <laughs> um, 
like I could barely run. Oh, and I was still a smoker, like a pack and a half a day of Marlboro Smooths. <laughs> so, and trying like, to run, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like really, you know, because you don't know what you don't know. And like for me at that time, I had already come so far, you know, like from being like this very bad off drug addict to like, you know, an upstanding citizen, I guess. And like, I'm just going to run this 5k with my kids. So we went and did that. And that was kind of the start of it. Um, and then I was kind of inconsistent. Yeah, you know, after that, because that was really exhausting, and she hated it so much, but I really loved running. And so um, my kids' dad and I would alternate because we were not together at the time anymore. So what we would do is alternate evenings. Like one evening, like he would go run with his brother-in-law. And then on the next evening, like he would keep the kids like 20 or 30 minutes longer after I got off work so I could go run. And so then I did a few more like 5Ks locally and I was just having so much fun. And so I did that for a while. Um, never really like training hard you know I didn't really know what training was beyond like run walk intervals and you know just trying to run like eight minutes at a time you know like I didn't really I wasn't really like working hard you know but then one year there was a 5k when I ran it in 27 minutes and I couldn't believe it you know because I felt like all the other ones took me 45 but this one I was able to like run it you know and I felt really good and so I just kind of stayed, I just did that, you know, I was just having fun. And then um, that was a few years. And then my mother died and I kind of fell off the wagon because I was spending a lot of time with her, you know, at like towards the end and running just wasn't really a priority because I had a job and I had kids and I was a single mom and you know, so after that, I, I moved. And then, uh, I don't know, I guess it was probably a year, a year and a half after she had died, maybe a year, where I started to kind of feel a little bit more like the new version of myself. Like after you suffer a loss like that, you know, you're not the same, but I felt more like me. And so I started doing some local 5Ks again. And then I started running ultras. Like it was actually my first ultra was kind of on a whim with like no training. I did this Aravapa. I don't know if it's Aravapa or Aravipa, but they're in Arizona and they did this virtual challenge where you go like it's days in a row. It might be like a three day event or a four day event or a 10 day event um, where it's like day one, you'll run a 5k, day two, you'll run a 10k day three you'll run 15 miles and then day four you're going to run a 50k you know so it's like a virtual race um and I just went for it after <laughs> you know I was I was just like kind of like hanging out with my athleticism like I wasn't lifting or you know doing any kind of speed work I didn't have any good coaching you know like I do now mm -hmm. but I was performing like fairly well you know like I could run for 30 miles and not die so I felt pretty good about that um so I kept doing those and then in one I forget which challenge it was I have to go look at the trophy and see it might have been the summer nights one I'm not sure 
what is that one called? The Insomniac series. That's what it was. Um, and at that time, I was running a lot at night because I had to because the, the miles are so long, you know. Um, so I ended up running like my first 50 miles with them. And then I ended up doing my first 100 miles during one of their trainings or one of their challenges. And then I got second place, like second place female in one of them. And I couldn't believe it, you know, because <laughs> this was off of like no training, not really. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like I have a coach now. Um, his name is Chad Noel and he's amazing. Everybody should get him. So um, I didn't have any real coaching or training. I was just kind of winging it and doing pretty well, you know, like I could run 50 miles and you know, less than what, what did it take me? I think it took me like 12 hours, which is not great. But for somebody that has no idea what they're doing, I think it's okay. You know, right. Um, people that don't know what they're doing, don't generally set out to run 50 miles. No. But I, I did. So <laughs> um, then I got, you know, after I started really performing well, because a lot of the time I wasn't winning them all, but I would place, you know, top 10. I think one time I didn't make the top 10, but it was like the upper half of the rankings. And so I was very surprised and very proud of myself. Like I felt like I was really making it, you know? Mm -hmm. So then I started thinking, well, I wonder what would happen if I actually started trying, you know, like what would happen if like I had a coach and was actually working hard, like consistently. So that's when I got a hold of Chad Noel. And that's kind of when everything started to change for me. Like, I guess that's because of the Arabepa challenges. I really hate that I don't know how to say that word. <laughs> it's really bothering me because if people hear this, they're going to think like, wow, she is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I guess that's when I started becoming really competitive, like seeing my name on a leaderboard and just knowing like there's this woman named Cheryl out there that is running two minutes faster than me what do I need to do to beat her you know right. uh, so I remember there was one evening that I went to dinner with my kids and some friends and I had had a beer or something and um I was telling them about the race and about the results and I'm like dead in the middle of this challenge so I only have like three or four days left right and I was losing my mind over this woman I've never met named Cheryl. And it really was like she's running a minute faster than me. I'm going to I'm going to murder her, you know, like with my legs. Um, and I did. I, I did end up beating her. Um, but it's just that's I would say that's when I became really competitive, like or at least I probably have always been competitive. But that's when it like really came out like I felt like a monster, but in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that's, that's great, you know, to like, know that you're a person that is like, not like other people. And then to have a healthy outlet for some of that, you know, some of that rage that I think might not ever go away, you know, you have to learn how to cope with the things that you go through. And then you have to learn how to make choices in spite of the things that you've gone through. Like those things don't really matter to me, like they cannot affect the choices that I make today right you know and that and that's how I have like you know a beautiful home and really healthy and happy kids and a great job I'm very grateful for my job and my boss but um 
so anyway, yeah, that's when I became very, very competitive. And then I got on the phone with Chad Noel and he started coaching me and it's just kind of been up ever since, you know, like next level, next level, next level. That's, and then it was not too long after I got on with Chad's roster, I got accepted into like Honey Stinger and Athletic Brewing and then uh, on accepted me, which I could not believe, like to be in with them is like, you know, I always wanted to be somebody that was good enough to be accepted by somebody that is like known, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so right. all that stuff really means the world to me because I started out like, I mean, I really should have died with a needle in my arm and I don't know why I didn't. <laughs> Other people do all the time, you know, and that's with help. Like they're going to inpatient rehab you know, and I didn't have any of that. So, I mean, I guess that's really my story is just shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a real fucked up shit start. And here we are. Like, I'm the most grateful person maybe in ever <laughs> because I always feel like I don't deserve it. I mean, I, based on work ethic, I do, mm -hmm. but I feel like, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of feel like if people knew like what you came from or who you really are, you know, they might choose somebody else. But I mean, it's taken me a long time to accept that, you know, now I've done so many podcasts and written so much. People do know who I am and they still chose me. So <laughs> I'm really grateful. Right. And the story is amazing. And, you know, to hear about what you went through in life and to see where you are today. You know, again, you know, I followed you for a while, you know, online, you know, we've actually followed each other for quite for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and there are things that I'm I'm hearing now that I did not realize that about you because that's not, you know, what I see from you. They're always smiling, you know, <laughs> the happy go lucky person. I try, man. I try. It's a lot of therapy. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, I get I mean, I guess that's the story. I'm just I'm incredibly grateful. I always I feel like I'm gonna cry in a second. But, <laughs> you know, like when I think about it, like, damn, I really, I really fucking did it. You know, you are a superhero. I told you. <laughs> you are. No, I mean, I really did it. My mother would be real proud. Yeah, she is. She is proud of you. She is very proud. Your family is proud of you. They better be. <laughs> this is hard. You know, this is really hard. I'm up at like four o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you I don't know. I made it. Yes, you did. And you're, but and I you're still, gonna... yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you made wanna... it. You're still going to keep making it. Yeah, I got to keep making it. You know, there are levels to this thing. Like, there's still a lot I want to do. Right. All right, so let's let's both take a moment. Yeah, take a breath. Take a minute. I didn't expect to start crying on a <laughs> fucking podcast today. <laughs> it's good, though. You know, my, ther my yeah. therapist would say, like, it's healthy. Yeah, that, that, that's why I was just going to say, these are good tears. These are healthy tears. These are yeah. good. All right, so let, let, let's, 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 let's kind of brighten it up a little bit. So let, let's talk about training. So you've mentioned that you have a coach. 
that yeah. you've been working with, correct? Yeah, he's great. So what does a week of training look like for you? Well, you know, what does a day, what does a week of training look like for you? You know, and, you know, one of the things that I, you know, I love about you is that you really incorporate strength training. Yeah, yeah, I love it. (laughs) So let's talk about that. Well, it depends on the week and where I am in the training cycle. Mm -hmm. So let's just say right now my training is really amping up. Because, well, like in the last 30 days, I've been sick three times, you know, so like this Uh, time last month, I had the flu. This time two weeks ago, I had the flu. And then, yeah, it was, it's been really crazy in my house. And then just like this week, I was really struggling with some kind of chest cold that I was sure I was like, it's going to be bronchitis, but I kicked it. Um. So we're just really trying to get me back up in volume where I need to be to be able to like really increase fitness and be able to be competitive. Um, so a week of training right now will be, uh, well, I mean, I'll run every single day next week. So it'll be a series of easy runs and then probably a couple of speed workouts and then two lifts and then one day of cross training which usually I'll do swimming. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty intense because I'm up at four o'clock in the morning to run and then I have to go to work at my real job or my regular job because running, this is like a job too. You know, it's like, it's a second job. (laughs) So um, I'll go to my other, my day job all day and be there till five. And then I have to come home and feed my kids and, you know, we have appointments and things like that. So, um, on Tuesday and Thursday, usually I'll be at the gym right after work and then I have to get home and like get dinner and all that. So, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. Oh, yeah. When you yeah running, you know, when you, you when you're passionate about running uh, or you're just passionate about any type of endurance sport, whether it's running, whether it's cycling, whether it's um, triathlon, duathlon, you know, to be and not necessarily be. And I'm trying to figure out the best way where it is not to be, you know, expert. And I'm doing air quotes, you know, expert. Right. Or, yeah. You know, um, uh, you know, you know, uh, pro level, you know, I'm getting lost for words, but, you know, pro level, you know, just to be at your particular best, it does take a lot. And trying yeah. to find that time to fit things in, like, okay, I have a nine to five job, I have kids, you know, you know. Kids have appointments. I have appointments, and trying to fit that in so that you yeah. feel that you're competing <laughs> at the level that you think you should be competing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very intense. It's a lot of sacrifice too. It's a lot of sacrifice and saying no. That's the biggest thing for me is saying no to things that are not serving me and my family. So right. that means like not a lot of nights out. You know. Like, I don't really, I mean, I don't have time, you know, and I go to bed so early so I can be up on time and then I can't sacrifice time with my kids because they need their mom. Right. And they need me to be whole too, you know, like they don't need me like exhausted and too tired to enjoy time with them or celebrate birthdays, which that's what we're doing this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like they need the best version of me. And so it means I have to say no to a lot of things. Right. So, yeah, I mean, training is just sacrifice. 
and prioritizing, you know, like, what do you want most? Yep, exactly. You know, what do you want most? And when you can, and, and, you know, and that's the thing I found out when, you know, I started, you know, improving my health and losing weight and starting to run, you know, I realized that I had to sacrifice some things in order to get to that point. And then yeah. still maintain, still be, you know, a father, still be a husband, you know, you know, still be a son, you know, in regards with my parents and stuff. You know, you, you, you start looking at the little things in your life that that's not that important anymore. Right. Yeah. Like, what can I cut out to make to really maximize the parts of my life that are most important to me? And aren't I mean, there aren't that many parts of my life that are the most important, you know. But you still have to cut out so much to just make the three or four things always be the priority. Yeah. And by the way, you're doing great. I see your stuff, like a run, a lift, a bike ride, like squeezing it in at lunch, which I'm not, I'm not going to do that, but (laughs) I'm very impressed every time. I'm like, geez, I would not want to race this guy. Oh, thank you. I'm blushing a little bit. Oh, Yeah, especially, well, you do, like, you're a multi-sport athlete, right? Right, right. Yeah, no, we're not going to race. <laughs> You'll have me whooped in, like, the first no, you, mile. you might beat me. Who knows? I don't know. I guess it depends on who's more fatigued that day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you have a coach that's working with you um, as far as training and stuff. What about how you fuel yourself, you know, and the foods you eat that, you know, you might do so for your training or even more importantly for races especially the longer distance races yeah well i have a inflammatory disease it's called endometriosis mm. yeah and i've heard that. Def- yeah it's it's awful because so many foods are inflammatory right. so i've had surgery and i can always have more surgery but the best thing to do is manage it with diet um but i mean if you look at the endo diet like everything's an an inflammatory so you have to avoid like everything red meat Mm -hmm. dairy cheese bread you know so i eat pretty lean just by default like i will my protein is usually turkey or chicken or fish or like a plant-based protein powder, nuts. I don't eat a lot of beans. I don't know how people do that. Like you'll see these ultra runners or even just like Kipchoge, that man eats like beans and fruit and rice. I don't know how they're <laughs> eating beans every day because I can't do it. I know well, it's it's just really, my body doesn't like it if I do that. So well, I, 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 I will say I eat beans pretty much almost every day sometimes i don't know how <laughs> like does your body get used to it or are you always just like you I just always feel bloated but yeah, i think my body has gotten used to it yeah i don't know for me you know that girl on willy wonka and she blows up like a grape that's how i feel <laughs> a lot like if i read meat or any kind of like sugar dairy bread mm-hmm Unless it's gluten-free. And then fucking beans. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> I can have a little bit. but So, yeah. So, yeah. Fuel. I I try to just kind of. I mean, I just eat that way, like, pretty regularly. Like, white meats and fruits and vegetables. 
that's where I get my carbs a lot. I'll eat some rice, but I feel like white rice is just carbs. Like it doesn't have a lot of nutritional value. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm just not that impressed by it. So I'll get my carbs a lot from just fruit and vegetables. Oatmeal. I eat oatmeal every day. I eat the same thing almost every day, actually. Um, my breakfast is, unless it's a weekend, it's always oatmeal with like flaxseed and chia seed and protein powder and then banana. And I'll put almonds in it. Um, and then lunch is going to be chicken or fish or turkey and spinach and kale and some kind of carb. Usually it's a sweet potato. Okay. Sometimes regular fried potatoes. But for a long run, my secret is mashed potato burritos. Oh. Okay. Yeah. It sounds disgusting. Really like an ultra. If it's an ultra distance, like when I went to Leadville, I had them in my drop bag. And then so on the last half I was running, I had these little mashed potato burritos in my hands. And somebody was like, where did you get a burrito? <laughs> you know, because they're not at the aid stations. And I was like, from my house. <laughs> um, it's it's not something I would eat regularly like for my lunch because it's kind of a weird texture but when you're running that many miles you know like your mouth kind of hurts and you just need something that you can get down real fast okay so it's it's pretty good when when you're suffering like that okay and and I know you mentioned honey stinger so what's yeah, your favorite yeah. what, what's your favorite um the salted caramel waffles for sure and then the um the nut and seed bars the almond ones okay yeah I, my I, favorite go ahead i was gonna say i love the waffles but every time i find one that's a favorite they get rid of it i know but the short stack ones that was my <laughs> all-time favorite i love the, i love the lemon they got rid of it. Then I started filling with the short stack, and they're like, "Yeah, we're getting rid of that one too." And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why they do it. I love them. You know, they they do a lot for me, but I would really like to have the short stack back." Yep. So, Honey Stinger, if you're listening, please bring back the short stack. Yeah, please. Good please. lord, I love waffles, <laughs> and you know, I can't eat a lot of like gluten and stuff, yes. but. I have found, like, if, if I'm running, I don't really care, you know, because I'm going to burn it off. Like, my body barely recognizes it, you know, because I'm going to burn it off, like, in the next 10 minutes. So, when you need fuel, you need fuel. So, I, yeah, just bring me back my waffles. <laughs> <laughs> Run we, me we, my we, waffles. Yeah. We have our fingers crossed. Hopefully, they bring them back. <laughs> yeah. I'll be praying. <laughs> All right. So, I know your answer to this, but I always ask all my guests this when they come on. What's your go-to running shoe? On the the Cloud Monster, <laughs> yeah. For for easy training, I have. Let me just go see how many pairs do I have now. One, <laughs> two, three, five. I think I have five pairs. Yeah. I love them. I love them so much. They're so comfortable. Yeah, well, you know, and I'm always curious when people choose you, you know, why did you choose on, you know, because I remember when on first really kind of started, you know, getting some type of, you know, pun intended traction in the U.S. when it started. Yeah. Um, why then? I thought they were so cool. You know, <laughs> like I just thought they were cooler than everybody else and they were doing everything differently than everybody else. You know, mm -hmm. like they were really trying to like 
not make everything sexy all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think athletes are sexy, you know, just because of, because of what they're doing and the work ethic, but on wasn't like, you know, trying to flatter your boobs all the time or like make your ass look like it's a certain shape. Like they're not outlining my ass so everybody can look at it. You know what I mean? Like, so I just thought they were cooler than everyone. And then like, they have this focus on sustainability, which is like out of this world. They have um, a subscription shoe that it's like made with beans. And then like, they're, yeah, they're doing another thing where they're like, I'm going to get it wrong because I haven't read enough about it, but it's something with like recycling carbon emissions, which I don't, I don't know how you do that, but they're trying to do it or they're doing it. Yeah. It's, and then they have onward, which is where you can send your gently or barely used stuff back Mm -hmm. and then they'll resell it at like a discounted price. So it's like a consignment thing almost. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're like, really really heavily focused on sustainability and i love that we're we're really big on that in my house okay good yeah yeah so yeah i just thought they were cool and i was like i would really like to run for somebody that i respect right exactly you know you know a lot of times you know we don't think about that when we look at products Uh uh-huh yeah (laughs) we kind of go like Oh, this is what everybody else is running. So this is what everybody else is using. So I guess I'll use it too. You know, yeah. but sometimes you do have to kind of like, eh, let me see where they stand on a lot of things. Let me see what they're doing, you know? Yeah, that was it for me was just the values. Because I felt like if I have a shot at this, you know, I need to, it, like if I apply and they say yes, I need to be aware of like, what I'm saying just by my associations, you know, because I think a lot of people will get into bed with people that are like, you know, you have no idea. And then it turns out being real bad, which, I mean, you see that kind of stuff in the news with celebrities all the time. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I just wanted to be better, you know, not that everybody's like looking at what I do, but at least I'll know. I know who I'm standing next to. Right. It it, is all about how you feel, you know, you know, you, how you pride yourself, you know, what you're willing to put your name behind. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that really matters, you know, even the words that you say about yourself or, you know, even like people will say things about me, whether it's good or bad. And I'm like, I'm really careful about like what I accept or what I reject, even just, Mm -hmm. you know, like what people will say about me. I'm like, I accept it or I don't, you know, like I will align myself with this or I won't. So, I mean, I guess I'm, I don't know if that's normal. I feel like a lot of people probably don't do that, but it really matters to me. Yes. Yes. All right. So you're running long distance, you're working out, you're lifting, you know, weights, you're you're lifting heavy things, as they say. Yeah. All right. So you listen to music. So what type of music do you listen to? Oh, Lord. (laughs) Some of it's very filthy. Um, (laughs) Uh, My uh, old school playlist would not be. Right, I know, I know. Like, uh, (laughs) what age groups are listening? No, um, well, you know, I love Lil Wayne, I love him, and I know like there's a lot of controversy about him too, but I love him, right? Um, but then I also like a lot of rock and roll, and then there are sometimes I'll be running and I'll be listening to like the Jackson Five and Chubby Checker, yep, Sam Cooke, you know, it just depends on the day, 
you listen to good music. Yeah, I mean, I listen to the good stuff. It's not yeah. just like this new trap rap bullshit that like I don't even know what they're talking <laughs> about. But I guess what really gets me, it's not that I don't like the music. You know, there's some new music I will listen to, but I, I have to be really careful because I feel like the things that I'm allowing in my head really affect me in my life. Mm-hmm. And I can see it, you know, like I can see it and I can feel it. Like it's in my mood, it's in my behavior, it's in the way that I kind of relate to people. So it's, you know, I'm trying to be more mindful of like the songs I listen to and how they're talking about women or how the women are talking about the men now. Like there's a lot of stuff going on now that I think is like, I don't know how people are even in relationships now or how people are getting married. I don't think they are. I think everybody's just playing with each other. So I try to like really avoid, you know, things that are really emasculating to men or very degrading to women. That's kind of, it's just kind of gotten to be a little bit much for me. Okay. All right. This is a two part question here. First part, your proudest moment as a runner. And then the second part, your worst moment or biggest mistake you've made as a runner? Oh boy. Biggest mistake as a runner. Worst moment. When is the worst moment? I don't know if I've, I've been going for a long time, but I don't know if I've been running long enough to have a worst moment. You know, it can always (laughs) get worse. (laughs) Let me think. Proudest moment. Um, Well, I'm always really proud when I get a PR. Okay. So, yeah, my first PR at the 5K, I was really excited about. That was just like last year, too. It was under Chad's coaching because um, it, it finally got down to a time where I'm like, okay, we can, we can work with this, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're running a 45-minute 5K, that's fine, but you're not probably going to, like, it's, it, that's not a competitive time. But now we're getting it down to a time that's competitive. But before that, my my most proud moment was the day I ran 50 miles. Okay. okay. Not even 100. It was the day I ran 50 because that was that was like a, a pinnacle thing for me. It was like a benchmark because I felt like if I can run 50 miles, then I can run 100. So running, being able to run 50 was like very, very important to me. Okay. So you can't think of anything like your worst moment? worst moment um uh i've had some pretty bad moments but what's the worst moment well let's just kind of work think of maybe something a race that you were in that you look back now like if i can have a chance to do this over again oh yeah (laughs) okay well there was a 5k that i was running and um I had my phone in the little back pocket of my shorts Mm -hmm. while I was like, I was at the start line and I just stuck my phone back there, which a lot of people will do. Right. But um, I didn't realize that the seam in the back pocket had broken because, you know, it's sewn (laughs) to where it's tight back there. Right. But the threading, I guess, is it the seam or the threading? But something like broke off and it was loose and I didn't know it. So I started off with like a 651 pace. Like I was set to win this thing, you know, like me and my coach were both like very sure, like this is, this is my race. My phone fell out of my pocket, but I didn't realize it for a second. And then I did realize it. And then I had to turn around and like 
bend down under all these people that are taking off at like a seven minute pace. So I'm like getting trampled trying to get my phone. Right. Um, and I got up and I, I mean, I finished the race with it in my hand, but that wasn't great. That was probably, it was, you know, it was painful. And it was also like kind of a kick in the dick, you know, <laughs> it just wasn't, you know, like you don't really have to race with your phone or your watch, you know? So it was a good learning experience for me. Like just, just don't even have that shit with you. It doesn't matter. Like what matters is that you're running according to what you can do, but you can't do that if you have distractions like your phone and you're looking at your watch. So now I know, but that was, it was so humiliating because, well, and when I got there, the director came up to me, I've never met this woman, so I'm sure she was just judging like by appearance, but she said, that woman thinks that she's going to win this race, but I'm pretty sure you can beat her. And I was like, okay, so there was like a lot of hype for this event, you know, and then like, I was so flattered that the director said that. And then I come in like 30 minutes or 27 or 28, I think it was like 27 was my finish time Mm -hmm. and so it was like not anywhere near you know the 18 or 19 that we had been kind of banking on right right and you're like if i could just go back and do it over again (laughs) yeah i would just not have job well you know it's humiliating you're there with like all these people and you gotta go back because you dropped your little phone and these people are running over you and people are mad because you're like in the middle of the race you right. know, bending over, getting stepped on. Like, it was it was just not great. All right. So what would be your message to people who, you know, they may be older in life, you know, not necessarily, you know, the 20 or, you know, early 30-year-old, but, you know, someone older or someone who's been going through something that, you know, you're trying to say, hey, you should try running. And their response is like, uh, it's too late for me to start. So what would be your message to those people? Oh, man. Well, I think about that a lot, too. It's not too late. And I think that it's really flawed to think that way. Because if you look at our society, one thing it seems like a lot of people do as they get older is that they just kind of like they slow down and they stop moving and then they just wait mm-hmm. to die. Yep. You know, exactly. <laughs> like yep. you're just getting fat waiting to die. Mm hmm. And a lot of people die that way. You know, they die over obese and a lot, obese and a lot of pain and a lot of problems. So I would say it's not too late. Like, is it, when is it too late? I guess I'd answer it with a question. When is it too late to start being what you deserve for yourself? You know, like you need someone like you in your corner. Shit. You know, it's right. not too late. You know, would you, and then, I mean, I guess I would ask those people too, like, would you say it's too late for me if I wanted to do something new and different? And another thing I would say, like people that are going through things is like, you know, I'm, I'm you in the future. If you just kind of, you know, you got to really get your head out of your ass and keep going, you know, and really focus on the choices that you're making. You know, like I think about that a lot. Like if I could go back and talk to me 12 years ago, I wouldn't have believed me. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, but like I'm the person that's where a lot of people want to be, especially if they're like in active addiction and they wouldn't believe it if you told them it's possible. But I'm right here. You know, I'm like, right. I'm right here. It's totally possible. You can see me. Yes. Yes. All right. So what's next for you? You know, are you training for anything right now? Are you getting ready for any races? Uh, yeah, I am. I'm trying to if I could stay healthy for 
more than a week, <laughs> uh, which I'm working on that. I, I'm really, you know, drinking a lot of hot toddy. <laughs> mm. um, well, you know, I want to PR the 5K again this year. It's a pretty lofty goal. So I think it's it's going to be really hard. I think in a lot of ways it's going gonna, it's gonna to break me down trying to get there. But I think, you know, that's an important part of the journey. And I want to PR the 10K again which is, I think that one will be easier because it's a longer distance and so you have more time to correct mistakes during the race, you know? Yeah. But the 5K, you just don't really have time. No, 5K, you know, three miles, you know, if you're focused, three miles comes by like just like that. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Like whatever you start with is kind of what it's going to be unless you're like magic. You know, like Sifan Hassan, she's like my hero. Um besides Kipchoge yeah (laughs) um like yeah I mean she can she can run a race and fall and still win it you know but um yeah I mean I'm just I'm training to really PR the shorter distances and just get faster faster and stronger more powerful and keep moving up you know keep leveling up that's you don't work this hard to just like stay where you are right right keep leveling up hey I love that I love that all right any last words you want to share with the listeners? Um, I don't think so. I think, I mean, I think we've covered everything. <laughs> I guess yeah. if anybody has questions, they can ask you and then I'll answer them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Mandy, I really appreciate you coming on to the show, sharing your story. Um, I loved hearing about it and I love seeing, you know, where you are today, you know, and knowing so much you've overcome. Well, thank you. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like overcoming. <laughs> I like that, you know, I made it this far. What else is there? You know, like there's got to be more. I'm not that old yet. Yeah, there, there's always more. There's Yeah. All, all right. So if anybody wants to kind of get in contact with you or follow you online, how can they do so? Um, well... You could talk to my coach. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. My Instagram is uh, mandalion28. And that is the most efficient thing. Okay. Again, Amanda, again, thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. All right. Well, you have a wonderful day. You too. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the No Gimmicks, Just Sweat podcast. We really appreciate everyone who tunes in each week. If you enjoyed today's show, please support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember to tell your friends about the No Gimmicks, Just Sweat podcast so we can continue to have awesome conversations with everyday athletes just like you. Until next time, have an amazing week.